This episode is brought to you by Premier Ridge Capital. Your path to financial freedom and stability through multifamily syndications begins with Premier Ridge Capital. Visit our website at www.premierridgecapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and get your free ebook today. Learn the secrets of multifamily investing and how Premier Ridge Capital can be your partner in achieving financial peace of mind. In today's episode, I have Dustin Heiner here. Welcome, brother. Thank you so much for coming. Dustin is a founder of Master Passive Income Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. He is what he calls successfully unemployed. Brother, I love that, man. I totally love that. (laughs) He is a real estate investor who was able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was 37 years old. With his podcast, YouTube channel, books, courses, coaching, he now helps other people quit their job by investing in real estate, rental properties to live the dream uh, life. He's also a veteran. He's into weightlifting. He taught his kids tax and economics through chocolates. Love that. He also plays Kiyosaki Cashflow for the kids with them. Um, He's very fond of traveling with his family. They've been to Scotland, Israel, England. Ireland, Switzerland, and Paris. Man, you hit all the places I love traveling to, Dustin. <laughs> you hit all the places that get your um, homework. That's on, my, awesome. on, my, on my on my hit list, man. Um, welcome, brother. Welcome. Thank you for for being a guest. Thank you, Martin. No, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I absolutely love being an investor, being a real estate investor, because what it does, it's not necessarily the real estate, even though that's fun. But it's what it affords me to do in my life. Like I can literally, I go to the gym. In fact, I just got back to the gym, hang out with my family, come on podcasts and talk to great people like you, and I don't have to work for somebody else. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's just that much better. And so I appreciate you having me on the show. But you did some awesome homework. That None of that was, I'm going to say, the lighter end of that was not in my bio. So good job, you guys doing the homework. One thing I will correct, though, I definitely don't want to take any credit. I'm not a veteran. I wish I might. Okay. I should have been. I should have went in the military, but I just have to clear that up i love veterans yeah. i think they're fantastic and so just had to clear that up but we we screwed it up there the team screwed it up so thank you thank you for oh, that okay. sorry about that man my you know i the credit the team the, the credit goes to my team they do a good a really amazing job at making sure that we are um we have all the information for our guests so thank you brother for coming on so tell us how did you get started in real estate my friend let's start there let's start from the journey from the beginning yeah so all my life i've been entrepreneurial and I'll quickly go to the end, but jump right back to the beginning. So when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job. And when I say quit my job, I found another way to make money for myself and my family but, without working. You that mean you're older than J-O-B. you're older than 30, dude? You look like you're you look oh. like a young man, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. I appreciate it. That's that's a compliment, a huge compliment. So I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So when I was 37 years old, blessed to become successfully unemployed, found a way to quit my job and provide for my family without working. That's through real estate. Now, let me go back to the beginning. So I have always been entrepreneurial in my life, you know, starting businesses, that type of thought. And like when I was young, I had a newspaper route. A lot of people don't remember what a newspaper route is, but you ride around on a bike with newspapers and bags and throw them at 5 a.m., banging them on people's garage doors, waking them up. I had a graphic website design company. I even had a skateboard manufacturing business and a pizzeria and a convenience store, all from scratch, built them from the ground up because I've always been entrepreneurial. Now, with that, though, I was taught, just like we're all taught, that we follow this plan in life. We go to school. We get good grades. 
And then we take those good grades and we go to college and we get more good grades and get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt. And then we take a piece of paper, it's called a degree, and we go shop around to other companies, try to get a career there. Then you work 40 plus years of your life and eventually hope to retire at 65, 70 years old and live on what you managed to say that entire time. Well, I was doing that same exact thing. And then I, my wife started, we started having kids, but here's the thing, what happened to me, this is what shoved me into becoming a real estate investor. So remember, I started a couple businesses, but I also bought one rental property at the time. And I bought one rental property. I thought, my goodness, I, and I remember the number specifically, it was $317 in passive income, $317 in passive income from one month. And I thought, I need to be an investor, but you know how it happens, Martin. The life just got in the way. We started having kids after kids after kids and with all my businesses and still working a nine to five job. In fact, I got the most stable, secure job I could think of. I was working in California at a local county government doing mm-hmm. technology, doing IT. So all of the above, I did all that and I was working a job. Now, this is what shoved me into it. So my wife had her fourth child. And I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and all that good stuff and bonds with the baby. And then I come back to work. And in that same week, I get back to work on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon. I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? I said, sure. And then I hung up the phone. And then I thought to myself, this, I've never like, what, they're not calling me the office for something good. Like this isn't normal. Why are they calling? And I've seen plenty of movies getting called at at Friday at three 30 in the afternoon is not a good sign. So I sit there and I remembered a couple months prior, there were some rumors or some rumblings going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the County because there was some trouble with the money. And I immediately shook that off. I said, no way. I got the most stable, secure job ever. There's no way. So I get up And I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, his hallway, this hallway is not very long. In fact, it's kind of short. But every single step that I take, Martin, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks because the weight of potentially losing my job is starting to dawn on me. Well, I get down the hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door's closed. And I see a secretary there, super sweet, nice old lady. And she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's kind of sheepishly grinning at me, trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. Uh I know nothing about what's going on. I go and I take my seat and I sit down and I start thinking about my life. If I get laid off right now, did I just literally waste my life going on this plan, the path and plan that other people told me? But then I said, oh my goodness, if I lose my job right now, does that mean I am a failure as a father? It doesn't make me a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family. Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the nerves are just crushing down on me. Well, then the door to my boss's office opens up and out walks a lady, a coworker of mine with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has been rocked. So she passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? So I get up. I go into his office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. This is the reason why I tell the story. So I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I sit down at my desk and I realize two things sitting there at my desk. The first one, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed. Praise the Lord to find another job in the same county. A different department wasn't having the issues. So check, got that done. Sitting in that chair, the second thing that I realized, and this is definitely, I want everybody to hear this. I needed to make sure, and I realized this, 
I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized that I knew I needed to be an investor, but life got in the way. I realized no more would I ever let life get in the way. So from that point forward, I told myself I am now an investor. It may so happen that 100% of my job, my money comes from my part, my job. That's now my part-time job. I'm now a full-time investor because whenever we would get the question, well, what do you do? They asked Dustin, what do you do? I would normally say, I work for the county. I do technology for the county. I'm projecting my value in myself as coming from my job. No, my value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. So right then and there, I realized now I need to project my value as being an investor. So fast forward the story, started buying property after property after property, each one making me a minimum of $250 or more in passive income. Eventually I had 30 plus properties. and I realized, my goodness, even though I'm making $75,000 a year at this job, I'm losing money. So the last part, I went to my new boss, great boss and all. I, I said, boss, I'm laying you off. Here's your two weeks notice. And we, after you know, laughing a little bit, uh, I, he asked me, well, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate. It makes money for me without even working. So the last part of the story, I walked to and from my job every single day, a mile and a half walk because it was downtown. It was too frugal to pay for parking. I felt like I was walking on clouds the very last time walking to my car because I knew I would never, ever need a job again, as opposed to the time walking down the hallway where the hallway got longer and longer, my feet feeling like lead bricks, because I'm now getting paid for the value that I bring. So everybody listening, you need to realize this. Your boss is not paying you what you are worth. You're worth so much more than anybody can ever pay you. And this is how you'll know. Your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money. It takes money out of their pocket. If they paid you what you're worth, they would go broke. So what we need to do is figure out ways to get paid for what we're worth. And that's why I love passive income. So I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. Oh, brother, that's an amazing story. So that's where the term successfully unemployed was birthed from. Absolutely. That's it. I got it, man. Awesome. So, whoa, there's so much to unpack there, man. So when you got when you got fired and you got laid off, however you want to call it, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> that, that, that first, <laughs> lost that, my job. I didn't have a when, job anymore. Yeah, when, when you when you lost your job in that first in that first uh, that first position you were in, man, I, I, I I'm willing to bet most listeners can relate to that. Most 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 of us human beings can relate to being fired at one point, being laid off, being let go and saying, holy crap, my world, because you you must have felt like your world was coming to an end. Tell me something. How was that when you got home to your wife having that discussion? I've been married 21 years, so I know that walking home, did you call her? First of all, I'm just curious. Did you call her? Did you pick up the phone and call her? Did you like say, shit, I'm going to just tell her when I get home? And you just kind (laughs) of contemplated with that, that in your head. I definitely called her right away. I was like, well, apparently I'm done here. I got two weeks here, but apparently I'm done. So I took it, stepped outside and called her and told her exactly what's going on. Uh, She's definitely like, I don't have partners in my businesses and anymore. I've had them in the past. It feels like I'm doing 100% 100 of work, but I'm still getting Mm -hmm. uh, 100% of liability. So now the only partner I'll ever have is my wife. And so my wife in telling her, we we started praying. We just started praying and say, hey, we're going to pray that the Lord blesses us to be able to get sort of figure a way to make money and provide for our family. And God blessed us throughout the entire time. Outstanding. That's really, really good. Um, I'm glad that you, you know, you went to God, uh, you know, a lot. That's God is not, not very popular these days. You know, I'm one that 
myself praise every day after meditation. Um, so I want to get into what are you doing now? So so you had all those 30 properties when when you when you retired, when you quit, when you laid off your employer, right? Your last employer. What are you doing now? What what does your portfolio look like now? You had those 30 properties. What did you do? Uh, let's start there because I have a, a bunch of other questions from there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I quit my job when I had 21 properties or something like that, 22-ish. Single I was families? able to quit my job because I had Singles or yeah, multi? So single or? Fam- I usually like to call it residential, so four units and below. Yep. And so I bought and sold a few, but um, usually residential, four units and okay. below. And so – Eventually, after I quit, I started buying more and more properties. And then now from the 30 plus, it's like 30 plus properties I own now. Now I'm into syndications, you know, investing in passively. I I take, because I have plenty of money. I started investing back in 2006. And in 2006, I had to fly to Ohio to buy my first property from California. And now I figured out how to invest out of state because there are so many great markets out of state. That's where I'm currently buying now is out of state. I love buying the Midwest is terrific down in the Carolinas and the Florida's really, really great areas. But what I did was I realized that now I have my bread and butter being my residential, you know, four units and below. But then there's so many other great ways. Like I'm hopefully going to be getting into a storage unit complex. Um, I invest in syndications, have hotels. And so it's there's so many great ways to invest. I personally love to have streams of income. A lot of people, we've heard of the term having multiple streams of income. I love that. But all those streams of income flow into my river of income, which is my real estate investing in my single family homes, my residential. And so that's what I'm currently doing now. But on top of that, here's a great thing, Martin. You'll definitely appreciate this. When I was quitting my job, and they, the government can't really fire you for telling people that you're going to quit. So I was telling friends and coworkers and friends from church and every family members. And I had so many people asking me, well, Dustin, how are you going to quit your job and not work? I said, because I have real estate. It makes me money. The second question always came right after that. Can you show me? And so I started showing people while still working a job and I realized I enjoyed it. Then I quit my job and I was like, I want to do more of this. This is a lot of fun. So that's when I started a podcast, wrote books and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But right now it's a combination of investing in real estate, still heavily doing that at the same time, helping others to invest in real estate. Because what happens is people say, Hey, Dustin, you invest in real estate. We heard you on your podcast. Can we invest with you? Can I, can we lend you money or, you know, give, be a part of your deals? So it's all a part of helping other people get great opportunities for their investing and help me with my investing as well. So it's all about giving back and growing the family generational uh, income making that we can give to our kids. Oh man, there's so much to unpack there. I want to, I want to, I want to focus on one thing you said. You said, multiple streams of income, right? Um, You mentioned that word. uh, However, there is a myth, right, that I always demystify, that I like to demystify here on this podcast. And that is people, there's a hype on the internet everywhere. You see it, Dustin, you've seen it. Hey, multiple streams of income. You you should have multiple streams of income. But when you're working that W-2 and you're middle class and or lower class, there's no such thing as multiple like like let me let me let me rephrase that. As you know, the way you got to multiple streams of income because I want to make sure that cuz I heard it, but I want to demystify it for people. You first got rich with real estate. You first became financially free with one thing. Right? Let's be clear about that. And it was only after you got really good at that one thing, right, that you became financially free was when then and only then could you mentally and and financially get have multiple streams of income and that's the big myth that 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 people are told is a big 
lie or, or not, I'm not going to say a lie, but the big uh, gap in that statement that people are not told. Hey, people, the rich people first become rich doing one thing really good. And after they make their money at that one thing really good, then they start diversifying and having multiple extremes of income because now it's like the old saying, right, Dustin, you, you, if a plane, when you're on a plane, what's the first thing you do, right? You take care of yourself first if the event of an emergency, put your own mask, and then you can go. So the first thing is you got to financial freedom. You got to the point to quit your job. And I want, I want to make sure that, I, I, that, I, that I'm re- – do you want to elaborate on that because I want to make sure that I'm – that I broke that yeah. down correctly. Do you agree with that statement? So I would say agree with it in about 80% of the way. Mm-hmm. The other 20% is I needed to have other ways that money came in in order to have enough money to invest. You know, I needed to save more money. So what I would do is I would literally buy things and sell them on eBay so I make more money. That's a, another stream of income, but I'm working. Now, the, the, what the, that's the, the tiny little caveat is I was making extra money on the side because I needed to. Now, here's where I completely wholeheartedly agree with you is that all these other things I was trying wasn't my bread and butter. Like I was trying hard to, I had, you know, I created businesses and they weren't doing it. I had like, uh, you know, selling things on eBay. Those weren't doing it. But what did do it for me was real estate investing. And with that real estate investing, that's my river of income. Everything goes back into. So 100%. Now here's the great thing that you and I would definitely understand if, and actually probably everybody would understand this. If you got 40 hours of, and plus of your life back from not working a job that I call a job, you're living just over broke working that job. If you got 40 hours of your life back, how many businesses could you build? How many people could you serve? Could you serve your church? Like you have that much more time that you can put into your own values, uh, your own, you know, businesses that you built. I literally have four businesses now that make me money. These are good businesses. These are big businesses that make me money because I'm now not putting value in somebody else's organization or business. It's all into my own. And now I hire people. I hire people to do work, creates passive income for me. I also use my money to work for me by buying assets that make money for me as passive income. Absolutely. I love that. I love, I love what you said. Um, and, and to your statement, you know, you said that you were doing all these little things, but you were funneling it all into the one thing that was totally. making you money totally. that you knew was going to get you to the to the promised land well, still, with real now, estate. Still now, with all the businesses that I have, I funnel that all into my real estate. That's literally where it all goes back to. And because not just the there's so many great reasons about, about real estate investing. Passive income is the by far. That's how I feed my family. That's the number one. But on top of that, I'm learning. And then being able to pass that education on to my kids so that they can create generational wealth and knowledge. But then all of the assets that I own, I will literally give these properties to my kids. They will be able to have this in generational wealth for uh, until they want to sell it or they mm-hmm. give it to their kids. That's that's great. Um, I want to I want to unpack with you if when you was working right because maybe there's a listener right now listening and they're thinking, Dustin. Man, I, I can relate to him. I, I totally get where he's coming from. I, you know, I, I can relate to what you were to what you're saying because I've been there, right? And they feel that they're listening to you, and they're like, ah, they feel it right in their soul, in the center of their soul, in their stomach, in their heart, right? They feel it, and they're like, yeah. How do I do that? How do I start? Where do I go? Can some like I remember Dustin? I remember. When I was trying to get financially free, I remember praying, saying, God, just bring the person in my life to teach me. 
I don't want anyone to give me anything. I don't want anyone to give me, I don't want nothing. I can work. God, you give me help. I would, I remember praying like, hey, God, just give me the person, bring me some that can teach me and can, and I can go from there. So if someone is listening and they're feeling that pain and they're feeling that anguish, like I used to feel, and maybe you used to feel when you got fired and you were like, shit, you know, this just, this is a slap in the face. What's next for us? Um, what do you tell that person? What do you tell that version of me 15 years ago? Let's take a quick break. Before we dive back into our conversation, let me share something truly transformative with you. Picture this. I've personally created wealth through real estate investing, and now I want to show you exactly how I did it. Introducing the 60-Day Deal Finder, the game-changing online course designed to revolutionize your approach to real estate investing. In this dynamic program, you'll learn battle-tested strategies to uncover high-yielding opportunities, insider tips on negotiating and confidently closing deals, a step-by-step roadmap to help you build your real estate empire in just 60 days. And here's the kicker. I'll be revealing the exact methods that help me create wealth through real estate, but that's not all. Enroll today and get an exclusive deal just for our podcast listeners. Use the coupon code WEALTHYAF at checkout and get 20% off your purchase. Stop dreaming and start doing. Your journey to financial freedom begins with the 60-Day Deal Finder course. Head over to martinreimastery.com. That's martinreimastery.com. And let's build wealth together. So you're going to pay either way. If you want to get to where you want to go, you're going to pay either way. You're going to pay with your time or your money. You're going to pay with other one of two ways. Now, if you get somebody that is just like a fantastic person that you just randomly meet and you're at the gym and they said, hey, come and I'll take you under my wing. That would be fantastic. Then you have somebody that's really going to help you. But those are really hard to find people that would literally do that because they have their own families. They have their own businesses. So it's going to be hard. If you find that, latch on to that. Latch on to that person. See how much value you can bring to that person because now you're paying with your time. You're serving them. You're helping them. I I think if you're going to do this, you should work for education, work for knowledge, work for whoever it is. Let's say you go to a real estate investor who has lots of properties you want to learn literally work for free for them. So you're spending your time so that you get around his contacts the network, the knowledge, everything. So that's number one. Or you can spend your money and learn this way and grow this way. So you're either gonna spend time or money. And the reason why I say this, if you can't find somebody like that, you can do it on your own. You're gonna be spending your own time. In fact, I started investing in 2006 and it took me eight years to be able to quit my job. Now I coach students. Students are literally quitting their jobs in two to three years. Like multiple, like I've had thousands of students now, but I've had lots and lots of students quit in two to three years because I've accelerated. I figured out like, I cut out all the, the, you know, uh, things that didn't work. I cut out all the bad things and I left in all the good things. So what they do though, is they're paying me for my time. They could listen to my podcast, get all that for free. My YouTube channel, read my book, like eight bucks for the book, get all that. And you could do it yourself. But if you want my time, you're gonna have to pay for it. And with that, you got to realize that if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have that much money. Well, I'll tell you this. If you're going to go on your own too, you're going to pay with your time. 
but you're sadly also going to pay with your money because you might not do it right and you'll make mistakes. I made so, I've lost tens of thousands of dollars doing it wrong. If I would have just paid somebody to be able to teach me, then it would have been so much better. So 100% agree. If you could find somebody that you can grab onto for free, then do it and spend your time helping them. Do it yourself is another way you're going to spend your time. Or if you want to fast track it, like if my students, they're quitting in two to three years, they have enough properties they can quit. It might take them 10 years without me, but how much better to get those eight years back of your life? Because the only commodity we can never earn or make more of is time. We cannot, we can only spend it. We cannot make any more of it. So my suggestion is I think you should pay with your, with your money if you can. And then as best you can learn so you can fast track that education so that you can get successful so much faster. Got it. That's really sound advice. If um, when you were, when you started in 2006, Dustin, and so that means that you went as an investor through the last great recession. Tell us about your journey through that time period. And what are you seeing in this time period? Because we're in a housing recession right now. Very, very similar. In fact, I would say we right now where we are in economic cycle and the real estate cycle, it feels like we're just entering into 2008 when 2008 was the crash. Because in 2006, seven and into eight, everybody was telling me, and you heard from everybody, everybody saying this, you better buy real estate now. If you don't, you'll never be able to afford uh-huh. it. It's going to keep going up. Well, they've been saying that for the last two or three years, the exact same thing. Well, I've heard this before. So I'm, I'm also I'm a, I'm a student of history. So I'm like, okay, this seems right. Or it seems going the same way. But here's what happened for me in 2006. I saw so many people, investors go bankrupt. The reason why was they were following those quote unquote gurus, the people, they read a book and then they start teaching it and say, that you need to actually invest for appreciation and you're going to get appreciation. But they got, those people that did that got crushed. I did not lose money. In fact, I made more money. And here's how I created a business that now owns my properties and the business doesn't lose money. The business makes me money because I buy for rental passive income. I buy one rental property, makes me $250 or more. I didn't care about appreciation. I didn't even think about that. If it goes up, that's great because I'm going to give these properties my kids. But I was counting on um, passive income. So because everybody started going under, people started losing their jobs. Sadly, the housing prices came down for other people. For me, it was great because I could buy even more. But you saw the values come down, which the people who are investing for appreciation got crushed. Now that also my rents went up in 2008, 9, and 10, and 11. The reason why, sadly, people were losing their homes. They tried to buy a home. They were losing them in foreclosure. Well, everybody has to live somewhere. So what happens to the demand? Demand skyrockets. Supply is still relatively the same. As I'll be buying more properties, but the, the demand just skyrockets. So the demands for my properties went up. I made more in passive income. In fact, the properties that I bought in 2006, I still own. I was making a minimum of $250 a month. Now I'm making five, six, seven, eight hundred $800 a month from these properties because rents go up over time. I did not even get affected because no matter if the market goes up, market goes down, or the market goes sideways, I make money. And this is the how, let me quickly give you how I scaled to be able to quit my job. Number one, I built a business first. With building that business first, I made sure that I was making $250 from every single property. Now that $250 a month, is $3,000 a year. 
10 properties at $250 a month is $2,500 a month in passive income. That's $30,000 a year. 20 properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year. I just realized it's just a matter of scaling the business. Once I built the business, that's when I buy the inventory and put it into my business. And because of that, I made passive income and did not get hurt at all. That's that's a great, great strategy, great way to put it. What advice do you give to someone today in this market, having your experience from back then, that's listening and thinking, maybe they're seasoned veteran, maybe they're not, or maybe they're mm -hmm. like, man, I never thought of it that way. Man, he gave me perspective right now. What, what are you telling those guys? So what advice are you giving the those The biggest guys? thing, absolutely, by far, whether it's 10 years from now, five years behind us, or whenever, at this point, you need to start building a business. Now, I will say this. When is the best time ever to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. The next best time is literally today. So it's better be today. Now, that's the first thing is you need to do that. Second thing is get knowledge, get education, keep li listening to Martin's podcast. I mean, you're going to keep learning and growing, which is great. You need education. So that's those two things go without saying. Now, here is by far the thing I wish I would have learned before I started investing in 2006. Now, I, I was in, in 2006, I was watching one of those late night infomercials and it was like 2 a.m. watching TV and the late night infomercial came on saying, real estate investors saying, hey, we're coming to your town. We're doing a free seminar. Come to the seminar. I went to it. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. I went to there, two hours, all hype, all sales pitch, and then said, now run to the back and go give us thousands of dollars. So I did that. I ran to the back. Fast forward, they taught me how to invest in real estate the wrong way. I did what they told me. And within six months, my property manager started stealing from me. It was horrible. Now, I'll quickly tell you the wrong way, but I'll actually jump right into the right way. The wrong way, this is what they told me. Find a property anywhere in the country, and then you run the numbers, making sure you're making $50 a month in passive income, but you're investing for appreciation, which remember, we don't invest for appreciation. Mm -hmm. We invest for cash flow. So from there, they said, say, spend thousands of dollars to buy the property, spend thousands of dollars to fix up the property, then find a tenant, and then find a property manager. Well, in my opinion, that's just about backwards. What we do, well, in fact, I did that, and my property manager started stealing from me within six months. And I, if I would have just hung my head and said, no, this doesn't work, I would not be here today. No, I said, you know what? I'm a business owner. Let me see if I can approach this from a business mindset. So I approach this as a business. So here's the number one thing. You need to build the business first. Now, I'll give you an example of what that looks like. If you're going to start a convenience store, you know, a convenience store, candy bars and soda machines and all that good stuff. Well, you wouldn't sign a lease on a location, open the doors and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. No, you wouldn't do that. You go out of business in two seconds. What you would do is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas or those shelving units that all the candy bars go on, the countertops, cold storage, bank accounts, cash registers, insurance, employees, everything in the business before you buy any inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business and then we buy one piece of property. That's our inventory. And then we put that into our business. So we have the business running itself. We just keep buying that next piece of inventory and putting it into our business. What that looks like is we find the right, city, wherever that's going to be, that has good inventory for us to eventually buy. Three, I like three bedroom, two bath, uh, 1,200, 1,500 square feet, not too big, not too small. You also want to make sure you're making $250 a month in passive income. And then here is, I'm going to give you everybody. So this is literally the best next step you must do. 
Hire a property manager. Find a property <laughs> manager before you buy any properties. Because imagine this. You built an entire convenience store, and you're all excited, and you find somebody walking across the street. Hey, you got a pulse. Come in here and manage my money, manage my inventory, manage my customers, manage my employees, manage everything. No, you wouldn't do that. That would be horrible. Mm-hmm. What you would do is you would interview the manager. Same thing with real estate investing. Mm -hmm. We interview the property manager, finding the right ones. In fact, I have a list of 22 questions that I give to all my students. These are the questions and the answers that you should expect. So what we do is we build the entire business and you'll know that this is, this is easy way that you'll understand that this is the net first step. So I get a lot of students and also other people that just talked to me and said, man, Dustin, I tried that real estate investing. I bought a house, fixed it up, did everything those gurus said. I went to try to find a property manager and the property manager I call, I say, hey, I bought this house, number one, Happy Street, just random address, number one, Happy Street. Would you manage it? And they say, no, I'm not going to manage it. I'll get shot going over there. So you no longer have an asset. You now have a liability. Mm-hmm. How about instead, if you ask the question, property manager, I'm looking to buy this property. Tell me how much it could rent for. Tell me what the vacancy factor is. Will you even manage it? Tell me everything about it. And they say, oh, yes, I know that's area. That's that's a good area. In fact, I have a uh, house right around the corner. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be at the same amount of rent. Those are experts. They're going to help you to make sure you buy the right properties. So much better than being thousands of dollars into it and then finding out it's a bad bad thing. Now, it's so much better if they tell you beforehand because they are experts that live there on the ground. So that's by far, if I were to have learned anything, it's build the business first, get the experts on the ground to do the work for you, and then run it as a business, making passive income every single month. Beautiful, beautiful. Give us a couple of examples of those property management questions that you that you share with us. Give us one or two and what answers oh, what totally. those answers should be. So there, there's definitely general questions like what are your fees, how much you're charging, things like that. But what I do, here's a little tip. I love asking questions that help me to understand how they think and what they've done in the past. Here's a good question. You would say, hey, property manager, tell me of a time where you had an irate customer or irate tenant who was, they they were um, being evicted because they didn't pay their rent. How did you respond? What did you do? What did you tell the landlord and the owner of the property, your customer, because the property manager, their customers are us as landlords, not the tenants. So what did you talk to the landlord? And then how did it work out with the tenant? Like, what did you say to them? Same thing. Like, tell me of a time that there was a leak in the um, uh, you know bathroom at 2 a.m. And you had to go take care of that. And that customer's irate. How did you handle that? So I like those types of questions, getting them to understand how they think. But here's the big overarching uh, feel of what you want. A couple of things. Number one, communication. I always ask the question, What's the average turnaround time that I can expect when I call or text or email you? And I always ask, is 24 hours, is that, an, is that uh, over, like, is, is that too much? Or I mean, like, should you be 48 hours? Communication has to be very, very fast with your property manager. They need to be able to get back to you. Now, what's, you're going to find out when you're calling and interviewing property managers, if they don't call you back before they have your money, Imagine when they have your money, like, oh, this dude again, I don't want to answer it. And they'll hang up on Mm -hmm. you. It's so much better figuring out the communication. That's number one. Number two is trustworthiness. So communication and then trustworthiness. And that trustworthiness comes from you literally talking to them on the phone. Like texting is not 
interviewing. Emailing is not interviewing. Talking to them on the phone is interviewing. So you'll get it. I think everybody has a general understanding. Man, I don't like that dude. Like that just feels weird. Like he <laughs> seems a little shady. If you feel that, probably time to Let's- move on. Like trust your instincts on that. The last one is experience. When you interview them multiple times, like don't just do one time, two or three times, you start to get a sense that this person actually knows what they're talking about. They they come across competent. They sound really good. So those are the three main things I look for in a property manager. Now, there's many of other things, but that's what I do. So I ask the question. But here, let me give you one tip. I usually only give to one-on-one coaching students, but I'll tell you this. Because we invest out of state, this is the question everybody needs to ask a property manager when you interview them. You Hopefully, you're interviewing like six or seven in a city. You ask them this question. If you were to invest your money right now in this city, where would that be? Now, the reason why we ask that question is we want to know where we should invest. And on top of that, we want to know where we should not invest. If you hear all these other property managers, okay, Northeast, Northwest, and Southwest, those are all, everybody wants there, but nobody says Southeast. Well, more than likely, you should stay away from that area. So if through process of elimination, you find out where you should invest and also where you should not invest. So all the above, and there's so much more, but this is just literally scratching the surface. Yeah, thank you for that. Because it's a power of questions. We ask ourselves and ask of others, will have a direct, will be a direct proportion on the outcomes that we get. The better quality questions we ask, the better quality outcomes we get. So I love that question. I took note of that because I'm going to start using and running with that one, brother. There Thank we go. You so much, man. Yes. Thank you so much. Listen, um, we're just coming to the end, but before we get to the end of, of, of this, Dustin, it's been it's been so awesome learning from you. I got a bunch of notes here. Um, I want to talk about your the, what you've done with your kids, right? You've taught them. You taught your kids tax and economics through chocolate and 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 um, the Kiyosaki board game. Tell us about that. Tell us about the importance of that. Tell us about what's the outcome that you were looking for and why did you do that? In teaching my kids, I feel like what the the purpose of having children is to pass on the knowledge and wisdom and experience that I have. And first and foremost, I'm teaching them the Bible. Like we literally read the Bible every single night. We, we do what's called family worship, sit down, we pray, read the Bible, sing songs and pray. We, we've been doing that for like 14 years, every night, every single nonstop. So it's educating them. I believe that the Bible says that you are to raise up the children in the prayer and the admonition of the Lord. So that's number one. Number two, passing along knowledge. We homeschool our children. In fact, I'll say that a better way. I have the easy job of making money. My wife has a hard job of homeschooling the kids. So she is the one doing all the homeschooling. And then I come in and I help with the business mindset, the understanding of taxes, all that sort of stuff. But for me, if I do not leave a legacy to my children of actual, like like tangible assets, then that's that's a failure. But what's even more, what I would be a complete failure if I do not get them ready for life. That's why I build them up because school doesn't teach anybody finances, doesn't teach anybody how to be anything other than, this is what it teaches you, it teaches you how to be a cog in a machine. You're just a worker bee, just keep doing work. No, 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 we gotta break out of that cycle. And so what I have even done is, I took my college degree, I made a YouTube video, it's really fun. I took my college degree, it's a plaque type thing, my parents did it, I'm never ever gonna need that again. So I took it out in the desert with my kids, we shot it with guns, and then I blew it up with tannerite and gasoline. It was awesome, (laughs) it was glorious, it was huge. Because I'm like, kids, you will never need this, let me show you how to make money. So that's, for me, 
so important to teach my kids. That must have been such a freaking awesome experience for your kids, man. That must have been so fun. <laughs> I can see it. I'm gonna look. That video, I'm gonna look that video up on YouTube, man. Um, all right, brother. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom, your insights, your time, your knowledge. I mean, I really, really am grateful. Let's make. Let's let's give you a hand here for for coming here, brother. Thank you so much. Listen, we're going to go right now into the untitled session where I'm going to ask you a series of questions, brother, and you don't have to think. You don't have to justify. You can answer one word quick and steady. You ready? I am. Let's do it. Okay. So here we go. Money is. Oh, can I start with the love of money is the root of all evil? Fine. Inflation is. Oh, <laughs> crushing people. Real estate is. Absolutely amazing. I've always wanted to go to. I've been to everywhere that I've been wanting to go to. Anywhere. Anywhere. Like I love getting out. I love traveling. So I've already yeah. been to a number of uh, Spain. I'll throw Spain. I would really love to see Spain. But Let I've been to you, other have countries. you been to Costa Rica yet? I haven't. It you sounds like to, I should. You need, you need to go check that place out. They don't have a military. I think you and your family, my family and I went there. We absolutely love that place. It is such a peaceful, like energetically when you get there, such a, it's such a nice place. You ought to check it out. You're a traveler. So I I know you would appreciate that. Capitalism is. Fantastic. I don't leave. I don't leave the house without my. Oh, well, I'll I'll say it. uh, My concealed carry pistol. Listen, my team set me up with that question. They did their research on you. (laughs) (laughs) Your team's really good. (laughs) Fridays are? Just the same as Monday. Family or business? By far family. Cats or dogs? Oh, no question. Dogs. (laughs) Book smart or street smart? Uh, Street. Success or happiness? Success. Self-care or self-love? I'm going to say neither. There's, I, I got a little different opinion of those, but I'd say neither. Wine or beer? Uh, beer. City or countryside? Oh, by far countryside. Passion or stability? Ooh. I'm a family man, so stability. And lastly, skill or popularity? Mm, those are close. Uh... Golly. Okay. I have to say popularity, meaning your network. It doesn't matter about my skill. It matters about how many people I can help and get them what they want so they can help me get what I want. Outstanding, brother. Thank you so much, Justin, for being such a great sport and playing full out with us here. If people wanted to join your group, if people wanted to connect with you, they wanted to get your book, they wanted to get uh, join your, your coaching, they wanted to talk to you, connect with you, just... Just get into your program. Please tell us how can people get a hold of you. Absolutely. Do you mind? I actually have a free course. I would just live, literally love it. to give this to people. Yeah, go give I'll it. Give you a, give you a free course. Literally show you everything of how I just laid it out and then somehow to build the business, scale the business, make sure you're making $250 a month in passive income just to quit your job. If you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L. 
rental to 33777. Very simple. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give it to you. You can also go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll give it to you. You can also find me. I have my own podcast called the Master Passive Income Podcast. It's really a solo show. I rarely do interviews. It's just me literally giving out all this coaching, my YouTube channel as well, where I literally do the exact same thing. You can also find me on Instagram. So T-H-E, the Dustin Heiner. And uh, honestly, Martin, I'm not that arrogant. It's the only handle I could come up with, the (laughs) Dustin Heiner. But one last thing, because I have so many students and I've met so many awesome people like yourself from podcasting, I created a conference, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. The amazing thing about this conference is I brought together all of my friends, other investors that are excellent investors, and my audience and their audience to a conference. It's an in-person conference. This year in May, it's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Next year in 2024, it's going to be on the East Coast. But it's an in-person conference, and it's not one of those, hey, run to the back and go speak. No, no. This is a community event that we're building. It's called the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. If you go to R-E-W-B-C-O-N, rubecon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com, get your ticket. And if you use the promo code podcast, I'll know you came from Martin, it'd give you 10% off your ticket. I just want to see everybody invest in real estate. Martin and I know that investing is by far the best way to create wealth, generational wealth. So I want to see you there. Hang out with me. It's going to be great. But Martin, it's been great being on the show. Thank you, brother. It was an honor. It was my pleasure to have you here. I I got a lot of nuggets and takeaways from you, and I'm sure that the listeners also did as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in once again. Make sure you check out the next episode coming up. Um, here real soon. And thanks again for listening. Brother, appreciate you very much. And that wraps up another episode of Wealthy AF brought to you by Premier Ridge Capital, where multifamily real estate syndications meet premier success. Your future starts here. Visit us at premierridgecapital.com for more details.